We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Terry and thankful for them and the battles that are fought and won. And uh, we're finding that in this day they are they are they are uh, having a hard time with recruitment and getting people to go in. Uh, but let me tell you, uh, when it comes to the Lord's army, we're having few people that are wanting to get in. And we need to be uh, recognizing the opportunities that we have to serve the Lord and uh, to be investing in the next generation and trying to get others to continue uh, the work of God as well. Uh, Thank you for that special this morning. All right, keep your Bibles out here. We're looking at the book of uh, Samuel. We'll be back in this passage again tonight. And so if we're going, if you're going to have to choose to be here this morning or tonight, uh, go ahead and come back tonight. All right, and so uh, anyway, uh, no, here uh, uh, with this passage of Scripture, we see some events that take place in the life of David. I tease about that. Uh, choose tonight's service. I'm waiting for somebody to just get up and walk out. Uh, and so uh, definitely that's not what I want to see happen. All right, but uh, we see this, this man, the, the man named David. His life is a life that had many battles. And we get to see glimpses of his life from a lad uh, till he is uh, an old man uh, and dying up to his death. And we see glimpses of his life all through. Uh, And with that, we see the the different battles uh, that he faced. He had had many battles, uh, but he also, he had many victories. I uh, think about just the beginning victories that we see uh, in his life. Uh, he, uh, before he even fought Goliath, he had fought a lion and had victory over a lion. He fought a bear and had victory over a bear. He killed a bear. Now, I've killed several bear, uh, but I had a rifle with me. Uh, David did not have a rifle with him, and so uh, he had, a, he had a, a lion that he killed and a bear that he killed. He delivered a sheep out of the mouth of the lion. Can you imagine? I can't imagine what that event looked like. Have you ever tried to take food away from a dog? Has anybody else been snipped at besides me? Uh, and, you know, they, they don't like that. And I can't imagine a wild animal going to, to kill a sheep and having, having it taken out of his mouth. And he killed the lion, killed the bear. Then we see a victory over a giant by the name of Goliath. And Goliath, the story, uh, the event of Goliath is not a children's fable. Goliath was a giant. And the Bible tells us uh, the stature of this man. And, uh, and so uh, just a, a huge man. And he fought this battle and he had a victory. But David, in these battles, in the victories, he had many enemies. And with those many enemies, he also had some losses. You know, you don't win every battle. You don't win every fight. Men, you understand exactly what I'm talking about. (laughs) You don't win any. Uh, And so, uh, but here he had many enemies. David had many enemies. Saul, the king, became an enemy. It wasn't an intended enemy. 
It wasn't David's fault that Saul became his enemy, but regardless, Saul became David's enemy. David's oldest son, Absalom, became an enemy. A coup attempt to kill his dad and take over the kingdom. There are few things that I can imagine that would be more hurtful than such an event. But David, he had, he had enemies. Uh, there were enemies that became his enemy because they did not like him as a person, him as a king, what he stood for, who he represented. But there were also people that uh, they were enemies of God, and because they were enemies of God, they became enemies of David. But he had some great victories, but in his life, he also had some great losses. In these losses, there were battles that were fought, there are battles that were won, there are battles that were fought, and battles that were lost. Battles of the mind, battles of the soul, battles of the flesh, battles of the spirit. And though not everyone will ever find themselves in, in a place where you are having to fight for your life, we all face battles. And they are all real. They're real. So with this, we see David here. He was in a battle. Ziklag, uh, it was a literal battle. David had been gone. His men were gone. The wives, the children, possessions were in the city of Ziklag. David was gone. And when he, while he was gone, a battle came, a foreign country came in, the Amalekites, the enemies of God, who were the enemies of David, and they came in and they took the city. This battle, it was a strategic battle that was lost. It was lost without him even fighting. And in life, there's some battles that we lose because we are not where we, where we are supposed to be. And this battle may have been completely different had David not made a strategic error in leaving the entire city vulnerable. You know, all of us have decisions that we make. There's consequences for our decisions. And this morning, I want to speak to you on the subject, when you don't win. When you don't win. Now, I don't like to lose. I don't like to lose. People say, well, you have to be a good loser. I don't want to be good at losing. <laughs> and to be honest, I don't want to teach our children to be good losers. Now, do we need to teach them how to lose? As they lose, how to respond? Absolutely. It is a part of life. But I don't want to get to a place where I'm okay with losing. Amen. All right. So when you don't win, and let's pray together. Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning. Uh, may you just take the truths uh, that are presented. Help us, please. May our, may our minds, our souls be helped and strengthened and help us, Lord, to just recognize some things that will help us 
uh, because we are not always, uh, we don't always win every battle that we face. And so I pray that you'd help us this morning for Christ's sake. Amen. As we celebrate Veterans Day this, uh, and the veterans this weekend, uh, definitely sincerely thankful for all that uh, they do and everyone who has and uh, has served and are serving to protect our nation, uh, both foreign and domestic, uh, for the troops and the leadership that are there, uh, the branches of our military service, and we thank, are thankful for each one. And their willingness to go fight uh, and win is there. But when we look at historically with our country and our nation, we don't always win. There are, there are battles that have been fought and lost. But what makes it great is we keep on fighting. We don't give up. You know, in the battles that we face, there's a decision that has to be made. What am I going to do in this battle? Uh, What am I going to do when uh, we don't win? When you don't win, what happens when there is a loss? What happens when there is a defeat? What happens when there's a disaster in in our life? What happens when there are deaths? In war, we understand that that is a reality and that that is a part of it. Uh, But but when we look at uh, those who who have witnessed firsthand the catastrophes of war and, uh, and, uh, and they have been there up close and personal, what we do know is even when you win you lose. The great cost of war is a loss. It forever changes people. And the battles and the struggles uh, that take place, uh, maybe it's a loss of a friend or another comrade in arms on the battlefield, a fellow soldier, uh, but you also lose a part of yourself uh, in that situation. You cannot witness and experience all that is, it, that is experienced in war without effect, it affecting you. It has an impact Years ago, when we were up in Washington, we had uh, close to Fort Lewis and, um, and McCord Air Force Base, and it's Joint Base uh, McCord now, uh, Lewis. But, uh, uh, but prior to that, we had the Army Base, and then it was the Air Force Base. And we had one of our men uh, who was in the Army, and he had three back-to-back 18-month deployments. Three of them. And prior to that, he was involved in children's ministries and outreach and ushering. If anything was going on, he was a part of it. He had his deployments and he'd come back and it was just a short period of time. His children hardly knew him because as soon as he got back, he ended up getting deployed again. 18 months, three of them. When he finally came back, he was a different man. He came to church, but no longer was there excitement with 
being around people. He would find a wall that he could back up to and watch. You could not walk up and put your arms on his shoulder and say, how are you doing? Everything changed. A touch on the elbow. Hey, brother. It was, all of a sudden, it was, he was on edge. It changed him. It changed him completely. You know, war, battles, they change people. But over the years, I have witnessed in ministry that it's not only the physical battles that change people. There are spiritual battles that people face and it changes them. There are are health battles that people face and it changes them. There are battles that people go through with marriage and there are battles that people go through with family and relationships. There are battles that people face financially, economically, and you can see the impact that it has on them. And this morning, we're not going to win every battle that we face, but we've got to figure out how to get through it. We've got to figure out how do I continue living this life that God has given to me so my life can continue. And we expect that the, 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 uh, uh, the uh, things in life, the, the issues that we deal with in life, it is going to have an impact on us. But what we do not want to happen is that it, it uh, renders us ineffective in our life. We do not want to be... Uh, change to a place where we no longer can be who God has made us to be. And so how do we deal with this and how do we work through this? Uh, When you don't win, uh, what are some things that we can do when we don't win? Number one, uh, assess the situation. Assess the situation. Look at verse number one again, 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse one. It says, and it came to pass when David and and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city and behold, It was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. Can you imagine being in that uh, situation? You come back and your home is destroyed. Uh, There are people uh, that go off. I I just heard about it this week, that uh, this last, uh, two weeks ago, I guess, on on, uh, uh, Halloween, somebody had a pumpkin uh, on their front porch. And the pumpkin on the front porch, they had a candle in it. It was on a concrete slab, but something happened and the entire house caught on fire. They were out trick-or-treating and came back to nothing. It was all gone. You know, life has so many different things that that we face. And uh, here, David, he comes back to his city. Everybody was probably looking forward to coming home. I don't know about you. Uh, I am fine going away and doing things, but there's no place like home. 
I just love coming home. I am happy uh, to come home. And, and there's, there is a, a safety at home. There is a comfortableness at home. And here they're looking at coming home, and, and as they're coming home, they see the city was burned. They know there's a problem. They rush in and the, uh, everybody is gone. Their wives are gone. Their children's are, children are gone. Their servants are gone. Everybody is gone. Uh, and here, uh, with that, David, he had to assess uh, what was taking place. And this applies to any encounter or battle in life. What is the situation? When you find yourself in turmoil, you've got to stop and assess, really, what is the problem? You know, it's not always as easy to figure out. Have you ever been upset and you didn't know why? Just in a bad mood. Well, why? I have no idea. You know, sometimes people say, I I woke up grumpy. I just let her sleep. (laughs) I don't wake her up. No, uh, sometimes we do. We wake up grumpy. Uh, and there's no really any reason for that. But in a battle, we've got to assess what is going on in my mind. What is the battle that I am facing? What is the situation? You cannot fix anything if you don't know what the problem is. Uh, I don't know how many times when I was a mechanic, uh, people would come and say, well, uh, my car, uh, it, it's, it's uh, uh, not working right. Well, okay, tell me what it is doing. Uh, tell me what noise it is making. And uh, you, you have to start working through. You just start making all kinds of noises. All right, so when you put the key in and you turn it, does it go click, 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 click? Do you turn the key and it doesn't do anything? Does it go, you see, all of these symptoms help try to figure out what the problem is. The problem ultimately is it's not starting. You know, before we can ever break anything down, we have to know what the problem is. Assess. Assess what the problem is. Because if you do not do that, our natural state uh, of mind so often is we magnify that the problem is everywhere. You start to overgeneralize things. Nothing's going right. People will come in for counseling, and they'll sit down and say, okay, so what can I do to help you? Well, everything's wrong. You know what? That's not true. Everything is not wrong. There are good things. But if you're not careful, if you don't assess really where the problem is, you will make everything a problem. And there's no way to fix that. In counseling, you have to very quickly get to the place of, let's really just deal with one thing. And you try to deal with one thing at a time, because if you try to address it all, it's overwhelming. 
It's too much bouncing around. You don't get anywhere. And you have to assess the situation. Uh, Grieving is a part of loss. Uh, It's how the Lord has made us. But if we stay in a condition of grieving and loss, it will impact us and impact our entire life. It'll impact every aspect of our life. And, and, And it won't just be that we are grieving. Now, all of a sudden, it will start creating problems in other areas of our life if we don't assess the problem. Uh, So we have to assess it. Uh, It applies to any encounter or battle in life. What is the situation? If we stay in a condition of loss or pain or grief, we cannot change it. We cannot fix it. I don't know about you. I don't like staying in pain. I don't like staying in pain, physically or mentally. So when, when I am in that position, I've got to figure it out. I've got to stop and assess what is going on so I can address it in my life. David and his men, they could not change what happened. And there are things in life that happen to us. There are things that are out of our control. But that does not mean we should stay out of control. So assess. So let's go again. 1 Samuel chapter 30, look at verse 5. And David's two wives were taken captives, Ahinoam the Jezreelitess and Abigail the wife of Nabal the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him. So what's happening here? Now all of a sudden everybody's out of control. Everybody's grieving. And this problem is getting ready to get bigger and not get better. Somebody has got to assess it and deal with it. Every man for his sons and his daughters, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. We have to assess the situation, uh, health issues, financial issues, marriage issues, employment issues. Uh, If we don't break it down, we can't fix it. The phrases like never or always or everything, that overgeneralization It doesn't help. So break it down into small pieces. We have to assess it. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. One bite at a time. So assess the situation. Secondly, when you don't win, accept responsibility. Uh Uh-oh. How many of us have fought battles that were of our own making? Problems that came into our life because of us. Bad financial decisions. Bad choices in friends. There there are a lot of battles that are self-inflicted. Accept responsibility. You know, when we look at David and we look at Saul, David, King Saul, he was, he was chosen as king. He made mistakes, and every time he was called out by the preacher, what he did was he blamed somebody else. David, when he was called out, he always accepted responsibility for his actions. Even in the sin with Bathsheba, against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this, this, this 
uh, wickedness in thy sight. There was a, a willingness to accept responsibility. You know, when we don't win, and there are battles that are in our life, trying to put the, push the blame on somebody else will not fix anything. It's not going to fix it in your marriage. It won't fix it in your finances. It won't fix it in anything. Accept responsibility. When there are problems in my life, I know I'm a part of it. I'm a part of it. And I try, not, not saying that I always do, but I try to look at self first. I can't change how anybody else responds. I can't change how anybody else acts. I can't change the situation when it's out of my control, but I can change me. Victimhood is being embraced by way too many people. You and I are not victims. We're not victims. Don't allow yourself to become a victim. Now, there are cases where victims, people are attacked, and there are physical, literal victims. I understand that. But this victim identity is destroying our country. People are unwilling to accept any responsibility. Don't allow that to be a part of who you are. Why? Because if you're a victim, it's all out of your control. I had nothing to do with it. It happened to me, and I can't change it, and now I'm stuck. But if I look at it, and what could I have done different? What did I say? How did I act? What did I respond to? Where did I put myself Look for where there may be personal responsibility. David here, the first thing that he did was he went to God. He wept, and then he went to God. He encouraged himself in the Lord, so that relationship there. But then uh, he, had to, he had to take responsibility. He had to accept responsibility. They were going to stone him. And to be honest, it was his fault. As a leader... He led them into a vulnerable position. And with that, there was, there's accountability that's there. There is responsibility uh, that was there. And so, uh, so you have to ask, what part do you have uh, in the problem? Solutions come more readily when we deal with ourselves first. It's just... It's just, I've just seen it in my own life. Uh, if I deal with myself first, uh, then 
all of a sudden now, it's not that I'm trying to push blame on somebody. Now when I realize, oh man, I should have done this, I shouldn't have done this, uh, then now I have a little bit more clarity to be able to figure out what needs to be done next, how to fix it. Uh, We can blame the Amalekites in our life or our enemies, but what part do I have in this situation? Uh, And there there are plenty of, there's a lot of blame to go around in life uh, with life's problems, Uh, but since we can't change somebody else, let's just deal with us. So, so with that, look at verse number six. It said that David encouraged himself and the Lord his God. He encouraged himself and the Lord his God. And, and here now he has, he has assessed the situation, uh, but uh, now he's accepting that responsibility. What, what needs to be done? And, and Romans 8.31, the Bible tells us, What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? You know, God has not left us. He's there to help. And with God, we are a majority. Amen? Uh, so, so here, David, uh, if David did not take the responsibility that he was his, he would not have been able to rally his troops. Who wants to follow somebody that does not take responsibility? So David here, as, as he is now rallying the troops, he, he realized what, what has taken place. He's accepted responsibility, but now he's going to do something. Look at verse number 7. And David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abiathar brought thither the ephod to David. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover. All so David went and the wit and he and uh, the six hundred men that were with him and came to the brook Besor, uh, where those that were left behind stayed. So David he comes to his God, uh, he encourages himself. Then he goes to the priest or the preacher and uh, gets answers from God. And then uh, he sought spiritual he sought that spiritual direction on how to fix it that that warfare that physical warfare that was going to take place. And so he assessed the situation, he accepts responsibility, but then advance the cause, advance the cause, move forward. Move forward. Look at verse number number nine. It says, and it David, so so David went. He and the six hundred men that were with him and came to the brook Besor, where those that were left behind stayed. David went. He did not stay in that place of woe is me. He did not stay in the position of grief. He did not stay in a place where everything was wrong. He decided that he was going to be a part of the solution. You know what? Be the hero in your own story. Solve it. Nobody else can solve your problems like you can solve your problems. I'm not removing the Lord from this, all right? Of course, as a Christian, the Lord is in the middle of everything that we do. but you fix your problem. Don't just feel like somebody else has to do something about it. No, you fix it. Who is David going to go to? 
And the reality was, there were a lot of people that were looking to David. And in David fixing his problem, he also helped everybody else to solve theirs. He led them to go and make a difference instead of staying in that place where everything was destroyed. Because of Veterans Day, the news had a lot of different uh, articles on uh, different heroes in, in our nation. And uh, one of the heroes that was, uh, was elevated was a World War I hero by the name of, uh, of uh, uh, Alvin York. And uh, has anybody else seen Sergeant York? I love that show. Uh, it's one of my favorites. I told Miss Brown last night, I said, we got to watch Sergeant York. She said, again, uh, again. Uh, but uh, I, I, I love that story. And that he was a man that uh, uh, raised in church and did not uh, follow the Lord uh, at 27 years of age. Uh, I believe was the story that he accepted Christ as a savior and had lived a drunken life and uh, had just been a, a, a just a, a terrible individual and uh, got drafted during World War One. Well, after he got saved, he got drafted and he was trying to reconcile war with his new faith. You know what? There are a lot of people that have to try to reconcile that. And here, as he was trying to reconcile it, he filed as a conscientious objector, trying not to go to war because he didn't want to kill anybody. And in this process, he, he went through it, and uh, he, he did not succeed, and he was drafted, went into uh, the army, uh, and he became a part of the Moose uh, Aragon uh, 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 offensive. And uh, it was the largest military offensive in history. B- bigger than any World War II offensive, 1.2 million Americans were in that one offensive. It was also the largest loss of life. 350,000 soldiers lost their life. This offensive was a 47-day battle. Think about that. In 47 days. Unbelievable. But with this, the, uh, he, was, he, was, he and some of his group, were, uh, they were, uh, their troop had been slaughtered and they were uh, divided and people just, they were completely pinned down. His, his officers, commanding officers were all killed. And finally, in battle, he determined he had to take out those machine guns that were killing so many people. He used the term that they were like mowers going through the grass. And so he led seven men behind enemy lines. They say that he personally, they they counted just the men. He, He ended up killing over 30 people and taking out 25 machine gun turrets by himself. And when they asked him how come he was willing to kill, he said, no, I wasn't trying to kill. I was stopping the killing. And there was so much loss of life. He became one of the the highest decorated uh, soldiers in our history. And you know, when, when you look at it, he could have just stayed pinned down. 
but he had to do something about what was going on. There was a great problem, and this battle wasn't going well. Somebody had to do something to fix it, to stop that part of it. And this 47-day offensive ended, it started in October, October, no, September 11th of, 28, of, uh, of uh, 1918, and it ended in November with the end of the war. That offensive is what brought World War I to a close. You know what? It takes people to move forward to fix problems. It takes people that are willing to take a little bit of a risk. Well, what will somebody think? Haven't we all heard that? Haven't we all thought that? Uh, but the reality is uh, we need to move forward. Uh, and we see here that, uh, that uh, uh, he had to advance the cause. He had to move forward. And David here, he was willing to advance the cause. And he went back, uh, fought the battle, and he won the victory. He won the victory. And everybody that was with him won as well. What to do when you don't win? We can stay in a position of loss or we can do something about it. We can't fix everything. I wish I could. But we can fix something. We can change what is going on in our life. And David was somebody who did that. So when we don't win, don't stay there and stay a loser. I say, Pastor, that sounds harsh. You shouldn't say that. I'm trying to help. I really am. We've, we've got to change our mindset to where it's not, I'm a victim. There's nothing I can do. There is always something you can do. Advance the cause. Do something about the situations in our life. Now here, if you're a child of God this morning, you are not by yourself. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. There's, there is no battle that you cannot have victory over in your life. Amen. Now there, there are things that are going to happen. There's loss of life. We can't stop that. We're going to say goodbye to people that we love. And we, we understand there are things in life that are going to take place. But the things that we can address, the things that we can do something about, we need to. The Lord's with you. If you're here this morning and you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, you need to accept Him. There's no one that can help transform your life like the Lord Jesus Christ. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And the day that a person gets saved, they're born again. They're born into the family of God. And if that's the decision you need to make, make it today. 
you'll never regret it. Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning. Thank you for your goodness. Help us, Lord, to realize that when we don't win some of these battles, there are things that we can do. And, and so help us this morning to move forward and uh, not to get uh, stuck and uh, just overwhelmed, but Lord, to move forward uh, so we can have victory in our life. And so I pray that you'd bless each one. Uh, heads bowed, eyes closed. You're here this morning. Do you know Christ is your Savior? You say, Pastor, that's me. I'm a, I'm a Christian. I, have, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if I died, I'm going to heaven. Uh, just slip your hand up as a testimony to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All around the auditorium, you may put your hands down. Maybe you're here this morning and you do not know Christ as your personal Savior. Unsure of your personal destiny, let me ask you, uh, do you know you're going to heaven? Maybe you're here this morning and say, Pastor, I don't know. I'm concerned about it. I wish I could know. Pray for me. Just slip your hand up. Let me pray for you this morning. Is anyone here like that this morning? Do not know that you're on your way to heaven. Just slip your hand up. Let me pray for you. All right. As children of God, let's, let's not allow our lives uh, to be uh, hindered because we don't move forward uh, in the battles that we face. Father, I pray that you'd help each one, help all of us to grow in our faith and to trust you and to move forward. And so bless now, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. Let's stand together as the instruments play. If the Lord spoke to your heart this morning, you respond. Maybe you found yourself in a place of burden, a place of sorrow, a place where the battle has come and you've lost. There's no place to come but to the Lord. He'll help you. He'll help you. Maybe you're here this morning and you've been saved and you've not followed the Lord in believer's baptism. You come, we have everything ready. Maybe you're saved and baptized and feel like uh, you'd like to join. Maybe Bible Baptist Church is a place that you'd like to join. You come. We welcome you. When you don't win, Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc4me.org. May God bless you.